podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Right, lads. Final show of the, the season, you know, the big finale. You know, we, we've got their usual, you know, top three, the leaderboard. Uh, Stephen, thank you for joining us. Uh, you didn't, didn't have an oven to blow up this week. <laughs> yes, all good, all good. All good. Right, Jack, Dave, you, you jazzed up, you ready? Big finale episode. It's about time this season gets finished, you know what I mean? It's, it's dragged on a bit, it's time to get this show wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm ready to go. I just hope there's like, we don't have any uh, big surprises left in store, because you know what, that cash-in was more than uh, more than I could handle for this season. It'll be, it'll be fine, you know, I, I promise you nothing unexpected will happen on this episode. Well, what you need to remember, Scott McLeod, is that there's always something to be unexpected when it comes to the expectation that the GOAT will be unexpected. Okay, yeah, there's one thing I should have mentioned. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Are you ready? Are you ready for a good time? <laughs> then get ready for the draft, boys. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Come on. Come on and sit there. Uh, hope you're wearing comfy socks because they're about to get knocked off because the draft boys are here, not just on Suplex Retreat Extra, but we're here on the main Suplex Retreat podcast feed, which you, both feeds you can find on all good Android podcasts and sites because this is the greatest show on the goddamn planet. This is Saturday Draft Live. The longest season of all time is finally coming to an end. We're approaching the big finale at SummerSlam. I am Scott McLeod, joined by my two tireless co-hosts who have worked alongside me this long, long season. Jack Graham, David Hockney. Boys, it's finally here. Yep, we made it. It's been a, <laughs> been a long time coming. Yeah, so, uh, and you know, a big show. It can't just be us this week. Uh, last week, he, he avoided being here by blowing up his own oven. He would have done it again this week if Laura hadn't said tell him not to. Uh, the the man, uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, the man who looks like he's got the season in the bag, according to, you know, evidence, is Stephen Wilson. Ah, yes, all these months, weeks. Feels like years, actually, to be fair. The usual three have tried to call me out, tried to say, oh, he's not done this, he's not done that, blah, 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 blah. But no, it's nice of you on the season finale to bring me on for a victory party, you know. I've got party poppers, I've got a gluten-free cake, you know. I'll, pyro? Uh, no, my pyro got cancelled. You know, I, I did the pyro last week when I blew the oven up. and the final person this week well 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 like Homer Simpson to the supplicant door look who's come crawling back (laughs) (laughs) the Terry Funk of ESSR the man man who's retired so many times the man who abandoned our baby and left me to tirelessly carry on with the two step parents here uh, Jack and Dave 
and he's come back, Mr. Film Podcast, who's never seen Hot Rod. <laughs> Scott, I never crawl back anywhere. I sashay into any room uh, that I come into. Um, that is the first thing to get off my chest. And there's going to be a lot said in this show, Scott. Like this is a a reunion of sorts. This is everyone who's ever been uh, a panelist on this show um, at one point in time is here. This is every draft winner, with the exception of Jack Graham, here at the one time <laughs> for the first time ever. There's a lot to be said. And I'm not back in the league to just play the game. I'm here to try and change the game. And I'll get more into that and in my plans for the draft later on. Do not speak to the longest reigning 365 champion that way. He is a soon-to-be double champion, I'll have you know. <laughs> yes, 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 come on. <laughs> it's, I'm a sorry. Pan- it's a pandemic. You can't uh, defend it. No, can I, I will get it up the lot of years. I forgot <laughs> about the very prestigious 365 belt that I forgot to mention. That's my mistake. I'm sorry. We're a, we're a circle of winners and champions here. Like, let's treat us all with the dick. Until Andy Mitchell came along. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey. That's a, that's a low moment, really. But as, <laughs> as the goat does rightly point out, myself, season four winner, Stephen, season two, and potentially season five winner, uh, David, season three winner, David Campbell, season one winner, Jack, fuck up your idea, son. And <laughs> we, need, we, need, we need a full circle thing here. All, oh. the, all the draft winners are here at the one say, What a monumentous occasion this is. Mm-hmm. Circle Indeed. of champs. Baby. And Jack. Yeah. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Add me. <laughs> For sure. But, lads, before we dive in, as we usually do in the top three, guys, it's actually something different this week. Bailey is nowhere to be seen in the top three <laughs> because last, because she's lost to Asuka, she has lost to Naomi. Naomi, of all people, and I beat the clock <laughs> challenge of all things last night on SmackDown. She is not in the top three. I know Stephen's still at number one, but still, Bailey <laughs> lost and is out the top three. <laughs> David, I don't know what to do with myself. Uh, well, well, that's uh, that's for you to figure out and me to know. And the, the less I know about that, the better. <laughs> like, we, we, we talked about same old, same old. Like we've got, I mean, Sasha Banks is at number one. That's to be expected. Like not this is the first week in a long time that both Golden Brawl models have not been in the top three. It's quite uh, it's quite mad, I'd say, because obviously some that we've kind of been, I'd say we're pretty fed up for speaking about Sasha and Bailey both being in the top three. But the only thing I've got from this, if Naomi's not the very first person to be drafted, then season season six is a goner already. Mm. Uh-huh. I mean, Naomi was in my team last season and she didn't do anything. So it was, uh, I, I, I won't hold my breath for Naomi being a top, a top pick this season, this coming season. I say Naomi for season six. Get that trending. <laughs> Get it trending. <laughs> but who is in the top three? Uh, number three with 10 points is Drew McIntyre. Uh, Stephen Grant, I think, was seen as an early favourite. Like, with in the first couple of weeks of the draft, Partly thanks to Drew, but I think at this point it feels like Drew's the person kind of holding his team up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Grant. Uh, at the start, Drew was like a house on fire. You know, he was he was wrestling weekly as well as wrestling on the pay per views. But as the seasons went on, he's wrestled less frequently on Raw, which has obviously hampered Grant, especially when you look at the rest of his team who don't really seem to be 
wrestling a great deal apart from Hikaru Shida. But even mm-hmm. then, she seems to wrestle one week and then they stick her on the crowd for three weeks because that's what you do with your champion, apparently. <laughs> uh, I, I, I can't talk about uh, Imperium's been nowhere on NXT <laughs> for, for like half the season either. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, Drew's, he's, he's two seasons in a row now with Drew as the top pick. And I think if it weren't for, you know, coronavirus type stuff, you know, Drew would have had a better season in season four and he probably would have done a bit more in season five but uh, he has, he's got more than half of Grant's points so, mm. so that just shows everything mm. To talk about the, the second pick, second person here in the top three Apollo Crews with 11 points I think all that needs to be said is to just listen back to this little clip we're putting in here of, when, <laughs> of the reaction to when Stephen drafted <laughs> Apollo Crews in the first place so, Stephen, moving on to you next. Yeah, I'm going to follow the pattern and go a bit left field with one of my picks, uh, purely based on a match that he has announced this coming Monday, which seems to indicate they have some plans for him. I'm going to go with Apollo Crews. Ooh! Who's <laughs> 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 laughing? Curly Hawkney's not happy with it. Oh, that's, that's oh. a good one. What? He's, he's facing MVP, who got released. He's going to win. <laughs> I know, I, Paul Cruz, to be fair, has been doing quite well in the week or so he's been on Raw. He had that great match with Alistair Black, so it looks yeah. like they're finally having for him like, after being in the company for like four or five fucking years. Oh, we've been here before with Apollo Cruz. He's been... It's pure, it, it, it's, it's, almost, he's facing MVP, which makes me think he's going to win and go into the ladder match, so they might do something with him, but yeah, it's a, it's a left field one, but... Aye, I'm going to go Paul Cruz. <laughs> you're, not, you're, not, you're not laughing now, are you, Dave? Nope, and I've ran out of hats to eat. Like, I've, and you know me, I've got a very extensive, uh, I've got a very extensive hat collection, and I've ate them all. Uh, I have not heard about. Scott, can I bring up a point to Dave now that I'm on the show with Dave after all this weeks of the season? Dave, yeah. Apollo Cruz, sixty-one and a half points this season. David Hockney's top scorer this season, Angel Garza, with 56. <laughs> <laughs> but no, 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 you picked Sammy's in. <laughs> yeah. And I rectified that mistake with the transfer window, thank you. But yeah, um, you've got every right to brag about Apollo Crews, because he, uh, he is currently in the top 10 this season uh, at number 9. He's, he's overtook Alistair Black as the, in terms of points. And, you know, we, we were bigging up Alistair Black a lot in the last couple of seasons. We know we thought, oh, this guy's going to be big. This guy's going to be winning left, right and center. He's going to be a mainstay of WWE TV. And now look what's happened. The guy who I was laughing uh, at Stephen for picking has now overtook him in the points. Like, yeah. if I, I, I'm just going to buy another hat just so I can eat it. That's, <laughs> well, that's, that's what I'm going to do now. That goes back to something like I always said on this show is that you look at Alistair Black and history tells you that Alistair Black should score more points than Apollo Crews, but you've got to play the season. And that's, listen, I hate Stephen Wilson winning as much as the next person. All right. But that's what he's always done. And that's why he's now going to probably be a two time winner. Stephen plays the season while a lot of other people will play it safe and just go off of the history, not looking to what's maybe coming ahead. Hey, <laughs> another, another great fact to rub it into these boys who have gave ripped me all season. 
Uh, Apollo Crews has got more points than every member of the Saturday Draft Live team, <laughs> teams, <laughs> apart from Charlotte Flair. <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, Shayna Baszler, 48. <laughs> <laughs> right, give over yourself, come on. How do we get him from this call? Can I do that, Scott? I Justice for Apollo. That's not what I'm looking at, though. Like, because Apollo Cruz, like, what round did you pick him in, Stephen? It was quite low down. I, pick, I picked him in round four. He probably would have been... In the normal seasons, he would have been the top round four pick. But obviously, Alan picked uh, Cody, who is mm-hmm. pretty much Alan's team this year. And I'll be really honesty with uh, the fact that he's had the open challenge, you know. So, but Aye. it was pretty much I picked six, I'm sure, and uh, mm. I, I, I wasn't, I was, I was, I was not sure about him, but I thought I didn't think he was going to do this well. I'll be brutally honest. I'll stop being, <laughs> stop being smug about it. I didn't think he was going to do this well. I was, I drafted fifth this season, and I was in a toss between Brody Lee and Apollo Cruz, and I, mm-hmm. I elected to go Brody Lee and. Uh, Call me stupid. Yeah. Well, I don't think that's stupid. Like at the time, you're probably thinking that's the that's a smart move. But it's the problem with I hate to come back in this show and immediately dump an AEW again. You know what I mean? Because I did that enough when I was hosting <laughs> it. Um, but but AEW's booking the the reason that I tend to stay away is like so unpredictable. One minute Brody Lee's top of the world, and the next minute he's he's basically doing bugger all. You know what I mean? So it's. Mm. Nothing yeah. on you, it's AW's fault. <laughs> just, uh, just a, yeah, it's AW's fault, it's never Jack's fault. That's... <laughs> the thing with, with AW, one day Lance Archer is the top monster, nobody can stop him, and the next day so many Cody Rhodes, you know, you never know what's going to happen with the asshole. <laughs> For sure. For sure. But when it comes to as the third top pick that I mentioned, number one in the top three, 13 point Sasha Banks. Well, this is just like, even though he's probably too far behind uh Team at this point, uh, David Gamble, the man you've been picking, the man you've been shouting and shouting and balling about for ages mm. now, Gary Kernan. This is just more much-needed points. This is the best result he could hope for this close yeah. to the end of the season. Yeah, like, listen, it's well documented that Gary Kernan is my man crush Monday, um, but um, <laughs> I didn't just say that I thought he was going to win the season um, at the start of this uh, just because it's Gary. The reason I said that was because Gary got the draft formula for me right. He had a very, very strong pick. He had his starter Pokemon in Sasha Banks. But then everyone <laughs> everyone below that wasn't left at like level one. You know what I mean? He's got Seth Rollins, a traditionally high draft performer. Uh, like Candice LeRae's done well. Jeff Hardy just won the IC title. The thing with Gary is what's let him down in the sort of one-on-one battle with Steven is that Steven's for- picks further down have just overperformed. Like Apollo Crews, 61 and a half, and Dragon and Kenny Omega 51 each you know what I mean so that's a look at this season should be a lesson to everyone who's drafting and that you can't just bank in a good number one pick you need to make sure that you're playing it smart as you go further down the table I, I looked at uh, I looked at the Sasha Banks thing David and because I thought like obviously Gary didn't have her as his captain to start with so I kind of looked mm. up and thought I took a page out of David Hockney's book Mm. And thought, oh, see, what would have happened if he'd actually picked Sasha as his captain to start with? Mm. And to actually put, even if he had picked Sasha to start with, he would have only got an extra 14 points if you take away his point, his captain points for Seth and add the mm-hmm. ones for Sasha. So mm-hmm. even with, even with, if he'd went Sasha captain full time, he'd have still been a good 30 odd points behind me. So mm-hmm. as you say, it's, it is about, you can't just have one good pick and go, 
you know, look at, I mean, Scott, prime example. Charlie Flair gets injured and he just kind of, co- he's just coasted since that day, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I wasn't listening. As soon as David mentioned Pokemon, I'm trying to think uh, what Pokemon would Sasha Banks be. Uh, <laughs> she would definitely a juggly puff. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, she'd be Jinx, I think. <laughs> That's not a Jinx. I think she jinxes everybody she gets in the ring with. <laughs> yeah, very good. Oh, All the right. banter. The Glasgow yep. banter. <laughs> the Glasgow banter. <laughs> so, yeah, Stephen, I want to quickly mention before we go to the top saying about Bailey because. She has been your captain. She's been a very successful captain. She's number one in the top ten scores overall right now in the season. She lost on SmackDown. Right, this is just my thinking here, but I think of the two, she's more likely to lose her title at SummerSlam than Sasha is. But on a scale of one to ten, if she does lose, on a scale of one to ten, with one being not at all confident and ten being as, as smug a prick as you could possibly be, how confident are you that Bailey, even if she does lose, will not affect your season at SummerSlam. Uh, I'm pretty confident now. I mean, last night SmackDown, when I was doing the points up, I was like, "Oof, this is not looking." That he might, Gary might close the gap on me a bit more, but thankfully it wasn't too bad. Uh, but I'm not overly concerned, partly as well because the thing with Bailey and Sasha is, if you see one, you see the other. So mm-hmm. even if Bailey loses. She's still going to show up at Sasha Banks's match, so there's still going to be points there. So it's going to be hard to kind of get that as well. And I'm also really, I'm, I'm very confident as Dave also should be about Andrade and, and Angel Garza at SummerSlam mm-hmm. as well. So right. I think with Angel, that, I was just going to say Angel Garza has done me bits this season. So and I hope he finishes on a high. It's very interesting, Stephen, what you say about um, Bailey and Sasha Banks uh, being seen constantly together. I told you all that I was not back to play. And I would like to think that this next season of the draft will be a bit of go anarchy because I've been critical. This season has been nothing more and nothing less than a pub league. And that is because Stephen Wilson has dominated it from the start. And you've allowed Stephen and Gary to dominate it with the two best picks in draft history and Bailey and Sasha Banks. So everyone for next season is thinking they're planning. Oh, if I get number one pick, I'm picking Bailey. Oh, if I get number one pick, I'm picking Sasha. No, 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 no. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why it's not going to happen. If I will be picking as my tag team the golden role models if someone doesn't do it first, because it's for the good of the draft that they're taken off the table as singles picks. So someone else can do it before me. I'm just letting you know that Bailey and Sasha Banks will not be singles picks next season. And that is in the good of the draft. A couple of things there, dude. One, is it really smart to reveal your strategy here where people can hear it? And two, yes. what, what if everybody feels that the, the split is impending, the breakup of Sasha and Bailey, because they're defending the title as a payback, it could come as soon as then, and then you start next season with a tie team that's not even together anymore. What, what are you going to do then? Scott, I don't care. I just want to watch the world burn because everyone <laughs> wants Bailey and everyone wants Sasha, but no one is going to get either of them as a singles pick and, and you know there's you know no one's ever picked a tag team in the draft that splits up very very soon into the draft oh wait when you pick Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan whatever <laughs> Eric Rowan you know oh, 
Somebody know. else picked him as a singles compared to one season. I don't know who that was either. What's in the cage? What's in the gun? You can you can question this strategy like all you want, right? But see if you look at the tag teams across the board this season, like what have they been getting people? Like you had the Nightmare Family get yeah. five points, you had the in the share get five points, you know what I mean? Imperium have got you nine, Stephen. You like you said, Bailey and Sasha Banks appear with each other every week. That split is not gonna happen. We're not gonna get this blow off match at fucking Survivor series. Sorry for the language. <laughs> this is going all the way to WrestleMania. Now I'm not saying that they will be my tag team because someone else can listen to this now and say I'm going to pick them first. Fair on then if they want to take that risk because it is a risk. I'm just telling you. I'm just letting you know there will not be singles picks next season and there's two things you can do about it. Nothing and deal with it. I do agree in the sense that this season, if it's been bad for one thing, it's been tag teams. I mean, the ones you just mentioned there, plus you've got fucking Usos, and they picked them, one of them gets injured. Best friends been doing okay, but I thought they were going to win the tag belt. Uh, Jack had Miz and Morrison, they got squashed by Braun Strowman, and then he picked the Iconics listed about that. <laughs> I know. Da- Daniel, Daniel Campbell had Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong, who teamed once or twice. <laughs> Shut up, Dave. Let it go. Stop making try and make that happen. It's not happening. <laughs> see, see in Jack's defence with Miz and Morrison, they've actually got forty four and a half points. They're in the top twenty of the season. It's just that Jack had his strategy and dumped them out of his team. Because he he had this whole idea yeah. of the iconics winning the tag belts, which unfortunately for him will probably happen if it's gonna happen at payback. I I had it I had it in light, so it was like everything was just written up like so easy, you know, you had the the transfer week, nothing was happening. Then it was said that there'd be the, the women's tag title match next week. And I was like, they're not going to bring back the Iconics to beat them. And then just to lose, I was like, I need to capitalise on this now. And how wrong was I? But you know I what? Mean, we had a bit of fun. I mean, Stephen, before you picked Imperium, you had heavy machinery just as they decided to push Otis as a singles guy with money in the bank and then take him off TV for a bloody week. So the first half of the season wasn't really good for you, tag team-wise. And like you got Alan with the Viking Raiders, they've been appearing in segments with the Street Profits, but haven't been winning many matches. I mean, Ross started off well with Street Profits, and then they've kind of let him down at the last couple of hurdles. I mean, they could like bring it back if they retain the Raw tag titles at SummerSlam. Just well, overall, as a tag with tag teams, it's not been a good season. On that note, Scott, the Street Profits are actually the highest scoring tag team out of everybody that's uh, selected the team. Like, best friends are just behind them on 35 points, and they're your captains as well. So that only amplifies their points without a captaincy boost. Ross has Street Profits at 36 points, and they're not his captains. So uh, they stand out as the top tag team of all the the draft competitors. Mm. Well, they stand out because all the other tag teams have done so poorly. It's just a shame as well, because Gary had the new day. They were on 31 and a half points at the minute, but then Kofi got injured at Extreme Rules, and Big E's been going as a singles guy. So that's that's pretty much damaged uh, Gary's uh, tag team accumulation. And the yeah. tag team was the night that we picked before we could get points. <laughs> yeah. he, was, yep. he, was, he was doing better of anybody for, the, for most of the season when it came to tag teams. And then, like you said, right, the last hurdle when he needed the most, they said, oh yeah, Big E's got to go on a singles run. 
<laughs> it's the truth, and that's the, that's the thing that was keeping Gary and giving maybe Gary the leg up in that that battle with Stephen at times and keeping him keeping up because, like Stephen said, Imperium have been uh, non-existent uh, for the most part. But the new day, when you pick the new day, you know they're going to be there every week, and that's something that you know you're going to at least get the appearance points from them. With Imperium and and the teams down in NXT, it's not guaranteed all the time. You look at Indus share at the start of the draft; they appeared to be the next big thing, and then just faded into obscurity. So this is why it's it's probably it's beneficial to pick from Raw and SmackDown because it's more predictable who's going to be there um, all the time. But with the likes of NXT and to an extent AEW, it, it's hard to take the gamble there. You know, it's hard to take that risk. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. We're going to the top ten now, and um, you know what? Let's, let's, let's take five seconds. Uh, Jack, Dave, you know, what? help yourselves, guys. There's three, there's three T and bacon rolls in the centre there. You guys take five minutes. Uh, Stephen. Campbell, can you guys join me in the corner for a second? Imagine mm-hmm. a second, guys. Just be two seconds. Yeah, team huddle. Team huddle. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, listen, uh, like Stephen, I know uh, you had to make a lot of big promises to bring uh, Campbell back, you know, big money contracts and all that. Mm-hmm. Big, big, big show on the YouTube. And I know part of the deal was, uh, you know, me and him team back together next season, you know, Saturday Draft Live. But uh, mm-hmm. here, here's the thing I haven't told Dave and Jack yet. I don't, I don't know how to break it to them. I, I hate to break bad news to people, you know. Uh, Dave, uh, Dave, Dave, Dave doesn't take things very well. You should watch him on the PlayStation. He's, he's got a temper. He's got such a temper, you know. Uh, yes, Jack, yes. J- I, Jack's, Jack's, I, from, Jack's from air, you know. They're, they're a bit dodgy. So you know, I, I, once, I once seen Jack Graham strangle a fully grown cow with his tie. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a good night out in Swansea, I have to tell you that for free. But, you know, you just need to be careful about this, you know. Yeah, I, I, you know, I've I tried to, every time I build up, you know, they look at you with those puppy dog eyes, like, how can you really pick the heart? I mean, no. I mean, David has been driving me mental by season numbers this and this and that. <laughs> and Jack, and Jack with his bloody E65 belt, he doesn't need a thing. He's like fucking Tessa Blanchard with that belt. Yeah, yeah it's like, yeah, <laughs> to be honest, it's, it's more like the three point six five belt these days, you know, with, uh, Jack Graham holding that thing, you know. Yeah, like, uh, I'll just say, we get through this show, you know, and uh, we'll sit them down, you know, from the ancient front and let them know that this is probably for the best, you know. Mm-hmm. Good stuff, right. good stuff. Right. So, but, Oh Jesus, Dad! You could have saved us some of the tea, Jesus! You guzzled that, then. <laughs> hey, we're hungry. <laughs> I know everyone's hungry. Yeah. Well, lads, on to the top ten, and let's look back on the season <laughs> that was for everybody. Tell us. Sounds good. <laughs> yep, go for no, it. At number ten, with 115 points, uh, he had such promise he could have been the dark horse pick, but he crashed harder than Richard Hammond. Uh, is Ryan Gallagher? <laughs> can I can I interject mm. here with Ryan Gallagher? Right, big 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 boss, big talk. Ryan, and I came at the start of this season, and he's, he's like, "Oh, am I not going to win it, or I'm going to lose it?" When he said, "I'm going to win it," I don't think I've I've howled with laughter uh, more in my life. Um, he's challenging Stacey and Quack, who's the worst drafter in history after this season. So that boy really, really needs to pick up his game uh, going into the next season because it was a disaster what he did at the draft. <laughs> And number nine, the amount of times this guy could complain about uh, some points that he didn't get was limitless because of Daniel Campbell and with the early experience. He, uh, I don't think Daniel has confirmed he's not joining us uh, next season. No, he's taken it that hard that he didn't get double points for the Keith Lee double title. Could I address this? Because this has been bugging me for weeks. You know, floor is yours. See, first, first of all, before the match, I did say 
One pin, one one. Fair enough. But even if it was a double pin, you would have got like six extra points because he's got Adam Cole and his team who would have lost points. So <laughs> that six points would have taken him from ninth to ninth. Sorry, Daniel. But you never know, Daniel could, Daniel could still finish the season on a high. I know, in, all, in all fairness, Daniel could have a good takeover, takeover and, 30, he, yeah. and, he, and he could end up in the, the grand pl- uh, position of seventh. So, oh, oh, wonderful. Gold stars. What a thing, Jan, to aim towards. But moving on to number eight with Team Blasphemy, with Alan Lucas at 192 points. I will not say the name that he gave to his team out loud because... Alan, he's, he's really just carried, been carried by Cody Rhodes. Like I said a few weeks ago, his team, they're all smoking mirrors. Mm. At number seven, Jack Graham at 200 and a, and a half points. Like I said, Jack, learn from this experience and come back stronger in season six. You need to win it for this man because, you know, me and Dave, we've been there, we've won it, we had our difficult seasons and then we came back stronger. This is, what, this is your moment now. I, was, I, I hate to let the boys down you know what I mean if I didn't play to Covid strengths unfortunately this time round not that I knew Covid had any strengths but there, there we go and now the quarantine I mean uh, the phenomenal one <laughs> by David Tockney in at number 6 was 280 and a half points and I know it's only by a few points difference but I laughed this morning when I woke up and seen Jeff Hardy beat AJ Styles <laughs> the championship because by all rights you'd have been in fifth place where I am now at 220 points uh, uh, if, if AJ had won because mm. that was your last chance to overtake me and honestly it's a small victory if I finish the highest it was three of us. <laughs> Not necessarily Scott, remember I've got uh, Angel Garza challenging for the Raw Tag Team titles at SummerSlam so I could still get a nice wee, nice wee surge in points before the, the season's said and done. Yeah, you know, and I've got the pipe dream that MVP will win the US title, but we can't always get what we want. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I was like the I think I was like the, the the sad Ben Affleck meme, you know, the hello darkness, my old friend, when I saw that result, like because that's twice in a row that my captains uh, lost a championship uh, in the final weekend of the seat of a season. Like yep. it's like a, it's become a curse now. You know what's going to happen? We've mentioned before that payback won't factor into the season. What do I bet they don't? Be- put the rematch on SummerSlam, they put it on payback and AJ wins the belt back. <laughs> I, can, I can see that easily happening. <laughs> uh, moving up the gap quite a bit with 313 points, despite doing so well, apparently it was first place or nothing for Grant because he will be joining us next season with Team Sheldon Graps or Team Hipster as they're more likely known. Shadding, shadding Kicks. Kicks, what is it with people with hard to say names for their teams? <laughs> like, if it's not David Hockney with Day One is Pish, like we've got Grant with, with, with Schadenfreude or whatever his team name is, it's stupid. Uh, I think possibly one of Ross's best performances, like if you discount like season two where he was so close to beating me if Dakota won that ladder match. Ross with the David Campbell Memorial Seven or the DCM Seven, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. <laughs> less than 321 points you know he, he and Grant it was weird how they were dangling between first and second at the start of the season and now they've came down to third and fourth not bad position to finish but they two were early favourites I think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah but falling you know Ross's ego is far too big for him to maintain Ooh. that to maintain that lead you know 
Ross does. Ross does have uh, two title matches with Asuka at SummerSlam, though. So he could still overtake Gary if he if it works out his way. And you, you've got to look at the 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 captaincy strategy from Ross. It's hard to say it now because Alistair Black hasn't had the best season he's ever had. But if the captaincy was on Black from the start um, instead of Asuka, um, if it was on Black all the way through, he'd have slightly more points than he does right now. Mm-hmm. He's got Zelina Vega on his team as well, and she could easily count for appearance points. Uh, mm-hmm. like, like she's been racking up a ton of appearance points to start of the season. She was at one point the highest scoring newcomer this season, and he's been relying on her for appearance points. Only she is a sound female pick, a very mm-hmm. sound female pick. And she's only had like a, a handful of matches as well, and she's just, I think she's had a fifty-fifty record with wins and losses. But the problem I see for Ross going into SummerSlam is he also has Braun Strowman the Universal Champion, and the Street Profits, the Raw Tag Team Champions, who are both uh, at risk of losing their championship. So that could uh, counteract uh, Asuka's two potential wins at SummerSlam. I think we worry about Ross is the fact that he could, like, if he kind of cancel himself out by winning one match with Asuka, but then losing another one, so then he wins points, but then he loses more points. So I don't think he'll move that much further up the table post summer slab. Uh, we have Gary in at number two with Team Viscera, 357 points. Even with a Seth win, if that does happen, and a Sasha win, he probably will only just close it out slightly more, but will not catch up to 403, three and a half points. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> with uh, the top 1%, I believe it's still your team name, Stephen. Yes, it is, yes, yes. And I am the top, well, the top 10% in this season. <laughs> oh, shut your hole. <laughs> top 1% is, uh, has been sitting at number one for, for feels like months now. No, I, have yeah. not, I, I, I have not, I did not get to number one until the day before the transfer window. And I have mm. just, you all had the chance, you know, I wasn't far ahead at the transfer window. You have all tried and caught me. You could have all been there. But no, it was just... When you, you don't need to pick high. I just I've shown that you don't need to pick high. I picked from six. Mm. Well, that's that's the thing though. Like I want this is something I wanted to bring up because I Gary was texting me during the transfer window, and he said, "Is it worth me making any transfers?" And I advised him, "No, it wasn't," because I didn't see anything that could have improved his team at that point. But now looking back at it, was there anything Gary could have done? at that point to catch Stephen or had Stephen already built the momentum and built the points and his team was too good like that's a question I don't know if we can answer but hindsight it's 2020 with that yeah hindsight hindsight he could have transferred out maybe Daniel Bryan because he is his lowest score with 18 points uh maybe he could have swapped in for mm, I don't actually I don't know who he could have swapped in for because yeah there was a lot of changes that were made yes I Seamus was the one I said, but it, it wasn't big on Seamus. I've been yeah. I've been uh, tweeting about Seamus since he wasn't drafted in the first place. You know what I mean? Yeah. So <laughs> uh, Seamus has only scored eighteen points following the transfer window as well, and you know he didn't make that ma- that many appearances at the at the start of the season. So uh, I think trading out Seamus wouldn't have done Gary any favors, uh, if I'm being honest. I think I think before we Gary. I mean, you can maybe say Candice Lurie because she's not doing that. She's not doing anything on TakeOver. And in hindsight, also, we didn't know at the time, but maybe transferring out the New Day. But then again, like this hasn't been a good season for tag teams mm. because like, maybe if he had a, if he could have, there was a strong alternative team for him to take, 
they could have been getting him wins in the last week of the season rather than him missing out on tidying points entirely because obviously Kofi's out, Woods is out, and Biggie's just on his own. Mm-hmm. Because obviously Biggie's get, been getting wins recently and nobody's benefiting from it. Yeah, so I think what we're saying is just like Thanos, Stephen uh, was inevitable uh, this season from, <laughs> from, from the transfer window. Yeah, more or less. These are Thanos, and we're hoping that Gary, we've been hoping that Gary would be our Iron Man to the snap <laughs> at the end, but unfortunately, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. You, know, he like Iron Man, he died for nothing. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, I hope that Gary doesn't turn into a fat Thor after this season, after not being able to like vanquish Steven. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's Ryan Gallagher sitting in his suit, one like fucking fucking English yeah, man. <laughs> but, but lads, Stephen Campbell, you guys are our guests here. Now it's time for the hard hitting questions. Okay. Start with you, Mr. Campbell. Yep. You're here, not as a, a host of this show, you're here mm. as a guest. Yep. Why, why have I never been a guest on your film podcast? <laughs> <laughs> and did I, why have I not been a guest on your film podcast? One I time, Dave. <laughs> well, we will find the movie that's right, perhaps Hot Rods, and we will get you on, Scott. <laughs> Hashtag we call Campbell, Mr. I host a film podcast. <laughs> Um, I do have another legitimate draft announcement, uh, if you would like to hear it. So just as I've, I've, I've shaken up the draft to its core uh, by announcing that Bailey and Sasha Banks are off the table, um, I'm, I'm putting someone firmly on the table. Um, and I am also putting this in the minds of, of my draft competitors, that you can also take this risk before me, should you want. It is a risk. I'm all about the risks. I am the GOAT, after all, the first ever winner. If Charlotte Flair survives to the final round of the draft, I will be picking Charlotte Flair and taking the risk of putting her back on Team GOAT. Now, that you can do with that information what you will. Someone could draft a round three now. Someone could draft a round four if you want to take the risk before me and make sure she doesn't come to David Campbell's team. I'm just letting you know, if she's there in the last round, Charlotte Flair will be a member of Team Go. Oh, are, you, are you going to pick Becky Lynch as well? Is it going to be a team? <laughs> is it going to be the four, is it going to be the four the four goats woman or something like that? Oh, that would be incredible! But I, I, I'm a risk taker. I'm not stupid, Stephen. Like, <laughs> Becky Lynch is not. It's not. There's, there's, you've got to look at the probabilities of it. And the probability of Charlotte Flair coming back soon is a lot David, higher than Becky Lynch. <laughs> David with Charlotte on his team and the broken up Bailey and Sasha as his tag team. His team will now be renamed as the actually titled Picks Not Appearing in this season. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. But Scott, you don't know they're going to be in my team because there's a lot of people out there who will be listening to this and be like, I don't want the GOAT to have Sasha and Bailey. I'm going to pick them. I don't want the GOAT to have Charlotte Flair. I'll pick them. Everyone's talking about the GOAT now. Everyone is talking about David Campbell and that's exactly the way I want it to be. Yeah. Even. Yes. You. So, it doesn't look like the gap's going to be closed anytime soon. And obviously, we've got the fight finale coming up. Are you? How are you feeling about going into season six, drafting from last place? Uh, not as concerned as I probably should be. I think the good, the good thing about it is because the draft order is going to be revealed on the show that we're drafting. Uh, I'll, I. 
know when I'm going to be positioned. I don't know. I'm not going to be like, I could be first in that. I know I'm going to be picking last, so I can kind of have an idea. But I think I, looking back at past seasons, I, I, when you when you book late and when you're late, you can kind of you judge the field a lot more, and you're not. I don't feel it's less pressure because, as we've seen, picking first, second, third doesn't always make a hell of a difference. So, uh, and I've picked late before. I picked second from second from last, technically, uh, two seasons mm. ago, and I did, and I finished third. Mm. So, um, I'm not concerned because. I know exactly who can do well. I'm not going to go too risky like Ryan did last year, uh, but I'm not going to be completely bland and too methodical about it. I've got an, I've got an idea in my head what I want to do, uh, and we'll see how it goes. But you know, worst comes to it, I finish I finish in the bottom two, and I have to do relegation. It's a different challenge, you know, and I'll, I'll thrive on it like I thrive on everything. <laughs> but, you know, there are two types of people who pick from last. There are people who are smart about it, and then there are Ryan. <laughs> but, guys, we've been talking about SummerSlam. There was a big weekend finale before then, because we've got not just SummerSlam on the Sunday, but tonight, as we're recording this, mm. tonight we have Saturday night, Dynamite, night, sounds like a weird game show, and Dex with host, and mm. we have NXT TakeOver Triple X, the sexiest of all the TakeOvers, or TakeOver 30, as there is system calling it. So a lot of points on the board, I think, for people before we go into SummerSlam. You know, like you said, you got Grant, I think it is, or Grant has got Johnny Gargano and his team. Uh, Daniel's got a, a NXT every team. He's got Keith Lee defending the title. He's got Am Cole going up against Pat McAvee. Like, who do you think has to benefit the most from like either Takeover or Dynamite? I'm opening that to everyone. Uh. Well, I'm not too sure about Daniel's chances because, I mean, he's also got Yo Shirai defending against Dakota Kai. I, I think that's a safe bet that he's going to get points for that. Uh, Adam Cole, Pat McAfee's a little bit up in the air for me because, I mean, as much as I'd want to see Adam Cole absolutely kick Mac, Pat McAfee's head off, uh, I, have a sneaky, I have a sneaky suspicion that he's going to pull out a dirty win in some way or another. Um, you say who's going to benefit the most. The, the easy answer... Um, is Allen because he's the he's the top scorer um, as far as AEW is concerned. But there's there's real there feels like a real threat to Cody's TNT title uh, for the first time uh, since he's won it with this match against uh, Brody Lee. So that that just depends on how that that one goes. Apart from that, um, you're probably looking at Ross with, with Moxley. Uh, gets a retention. Um, it's it's no one's really going to benefit that highly from the weekend. I think it is looking forward to SummerSlam at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. What about Carrying a... Cross? What about Carrying Cross? Aye, Carrying Cross is favourited to win the match against Keith Lee, but is he going to take the title though? Yes. I think I think Keith Lee could possibly lose that match by disqualification. It, it lets him keep the title, but you know, no, they kind of they kind of do a DQ. No chance. Or, or what if it goes to a no contest? No, main event. Well, will that main event the show? Don't know. I probably well, will. I reckon. No, I mean, mm-hmm. for, all, for all we know, they could they could want the the ladder match to main event. They could yeah. play that. But I think the only person who benefits from has anybody in his team in the ladder match is Grant with Gargano. So, like, this is the case of Gargano wins. Grant benefits. If nobody, if anybody else but him wins, then nobody benefits. But at least Grant doesn't get any points. Yeah. Well, Alan. Um... 
also has Finn Balor going up against uh, Timothy Thatcher. You know, so that that could be something for Allen to get points with if Cody and both Balor win. That's a good wee boost going into SummerSlam. But apart from that, really, there's not much movement going to be happening on Saturday. It's going to be SummerSlam we're looking at to see if uh, Gary can pull off some sort of miracle. But like you guys have been saying for weeks, the season is is basically over at this point. One thing about Saturday Night Dynamite is is that it's not it's not a pay per view though. This is technically still a TV taping. It's just on a different day. So mm-hmm. these these people competing for AEW on that show, they're not going to get the the pay per view advantage. So that mm-hmm. could, that could rob them of a few points at the same time. Yeah, mm-hmm. but still there is still matches on that show that could benefit a lot of guys in here, like myself and you, Dave. We've got the the Elite mm-hmm. taking on the, the Dark Order. Not the good members of the Dark Order, the beat the squad, if it's like the, res- the Dark Order reserves. <laughs> yeah, the, the subs. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think we, we we could be confident some points there for that one. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, is, is Akara, is she, the, is she wrestling? I'm not 100% I don't sure. Think so. I'm I don't not think she's wrestling. Uh, MJF is maybe appearing on the show, but he may just be in a vignette, so we don't know if he'll have a confrontation with Moxley, because if Moxley doesn't appear on the show, then Ross won't get any points for that because I think oh Moxley really is his only AEW pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mox, Moxley's uh, defending against the MJF at All Out, not not this ah, not yeah, Saturday night. Yeah, that's that's late in the season. I think the guy uh, Scott's obviously got the best friends as his captain, so I think they should show up at some point. But I don't know if they'll wrestle. I think, so I think Santana Ortiz are maybe on the show at some point, and best friends are in. I could have a feud with them, so maybe they'll show up to confront them. So a few appearance points wouldn't wouldn't hurt. I don't think there's going to be a lot of points from there. Something I don't think you have discussed um, is the absence of of Chris Jericho from the draft this season. Like When you look back at it, I was trying to think, uh, Stephen and uh, Scott, Dave, you might remember this from season one, was Chris Jericho not the first ever uh, draft pick? I believe it was Sarah who picked him. No, he was the first ever, he was the first pick on the first season that AEW were allowed to pick. Right, right. So I think that was season three. I, I remember... Yeah, yeah. Week, I wanted, I was a few, instead of picked him, I was a few picked after, I wanted Jericho, uh, G-Gone, so I then had to, I went, I then chose Moxley, because yeah. I think two were the top stars at that time, and David, you, talk, you, you said earlier on you were very harsh on AEW mm-hmm. at the start, but I think for much of season four and the entire of season three, Dynamite was very much in the early stages, I think. Yeah. As, as they've developed, as they've finally found their format, because early 2020, they, kept, they started going on a real roll. And I think they've started to benefit people a lot. And I totally. think one of the first big shows mm-hmm. at the start of season six will be all out because payback won't factor in. But I think all out will. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. AW, if you if you have some top picks, like if you choose MJF in your team and he beats Moxley in any event, there's a big kickstart to your to your season. I think that's the thing. I think some people who have been left over from that era of the draft. Um, haven't really moved with the punches because I stand by what I said back then. Uh, and Scott, you've gave the reasons why that was the case. But you look at what Cody's done for Allen this season. You look at the points of Kenny Omega and John Moxley. I would, I would put a guess out there that the reason that Jericho wasn't drafted is because people think negatively about him as a first round pick. But you don't need to pick Jericho in the first round. Like for God's sake, like someone's picked Darby Allen ahead of uh, Y2J Chris Jericho. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying but Darby Allen's a bad wrestler, but he's only got 18 points. Chris Jericho is, is going to be on that show frequently. He's going to be featured frequently. He does commentary a lot of the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't understand 
the reasoning for people just forgetting about Chris Jericho because I still stand by the bottom picks in AEW when AEW picks are bad they're really bad right but the top picks in AEW are guaranteed to get you like a good number of solid points there I think the issue with Jericho was he'd lost the title uh, in season 4 I think a lot of people assumed that Jericho was going away for a while because I think mm. that was the plan he was going to go away with, within two or four before they had to cancel everything with due to Covid but I don't know why, he, I, I could think somebody could have picked him during the transfer because again he does appear doing uh, commentary and then he, after the transfer window he was appearing every week as part of this little series got on with, with Orange Cassidy so, and they've been trading one so like that could have been a decent pick I do completely agree with you and I, I don't, it doesn't look like he's going anywhere anytime soon so I think that is a, a wrong that could be rated in, in season 6 mm. Talking about EW though, I think EW Dark, I've said it before, is going to be a major factor when with like fourth and like final round picks because like Lance Archer didn't win it uh, a double or nothing, but he's been squashing people on Dark and that's been good points. You know, if you, you choose someone like a Sean Spears, it seems if you're weak or if you got Butcher and Blades, they may not win all the time if you be on Dynamite, but they're squashing people on bloody uh, Dark almost bi-weekly, so that's something to consider. Butcher and Blade are the one I wouldn't rule out this year. I would actually dip into the AEW pool when it comes to selecting tag teams as well, because you know yeah. how much AEW takes tag team wrestling seriously and how many different teams are featured in on AEW, because out of all ten of us that compete this season, four of us uh, have got tag teams from AEW. So Grant's mm-hmm. got FTR, Scott, you've got Best Friends, Daniel's got the Nightmare Family, and I've got the Young Bucks. So and there's so many others you could potentially choose from. Yeah, Jurassic uh, Express, it, Butcher and Blade, like you've already mentioned. Yep. You know, uh, Butcher and Blade and the Lucha Brothers. I know Lucha Brothers in the past didn't do well for you, David, but uh, them and Butcher and Blade together as eight man t- as an eight man matches recently are running over anybody who they come across. So yeah, and that's the thing. I think coming out of the COVID era, you were unsure who was going to be able to make it, like who was going to be actually able to be on the roster. Um, but as things start to get, dare I say, a bit more predictable again um, and a bit more normalised, I actually, I think, Dave, you're completely right. It actually might be worthwhile for everyone to go AEW looking at some of the dross, uh, the absolute dire draft picks that have been done in the tag team division. I mean, like you said, about COVID did factor into it because before he wasn't able to come over to the US for the taping, Pack going into season five was going to be one of my big picks. But then he also he couldn't make it uh, overseas. Talking about tag teams, one tag team I think we should be considering in WWE side of things after a successful event last night. It doesn't look like they're going to drop their belts anytime soon. Uh, Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think so as well. Yeah, I think they're a, I think they're a solid shout. Uh, they seem more stable than the potential other two tag team champs that could be at that point. I mean, obviously, that's, that's a Street Profits lose yeah. on Sunday. I think I don't think Gaza and Andrade and likewise Hangman and Omega are solid to stay together for the season. But people can't rule out the strategy because I like to call it the, the Campbell rule, right? Because I remember at the start <laughs> of a season, I went to Stephen and I was like, is there anything stopping me from drafting Eric and Ivar as my first two singles picks? This is when the Viking Raiders were at a roll. And that's when the tag team had to be picking round one rule was introduced, you know, to try and prevent <laughs> that 
uh, from happening. But if no one picks Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura, we could see a situation wherein someone in the third and fourth round picks them back to back, and you're doubling points there uh, for when they win as a tag team because they're both getting the full points as single stars. So people need to pay attention to what happens in the tag team round because if there's a tag team there that you think could do well, you can't rule out taking them one of them as a singles pick. Mm. Hey. Like it's yeah. like for example, if uh, you had Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville on one team when they were teaming as Fire and Desire, and they win the women's tag team titles, mm-hmm. like that's them. That's them both getting your points. I mean, that's it's not huge. a bad, not a bad strategy to consider. Hey, Jack, you've been. Uh, you know, you had a chance to talk recently, but I'll go yeah, ask you: Do you still have Brody Lee on your team, or did you transfer him? No, I transferred him for Santos Escobar. Ah, uh, you because well, he could get you points if he appears in a uh, because his his uh, henchman, uh, Joaquin Wild and uh, Raul Mendoza are in the pre-show match or yeah. takeover, so he could appear in the corner. There's an appearance point. I was going to say, I, I really, I really hoped you hadn't traded him in because maybe I, I thought that maybe if you're going to have this dynamic going up against takeover, because they start like an hour before takeover starts, so like the second hour I think will be going up against the first hour of takeover. So the thing with uh, AW, I thought they were going to maybe try and do a big like, moment or a big shock on the, the dynamite to try and tempt people over to, to AEW. And I think there's a chance that Brody Lee, if that is true, then Brody Lee could win the title. And if he does, that's you missed out on some possible major points at the end of the season. I think I just had my heart broke with Brody Lee, unfortunately. He was thrown into that kind of World weight title uh, picture too soon and it was only like a month programme then he was off TV for like three weeks then he only in the, the kind of weeks that he followed it was just him trying to scout Coke Cabana to join the Dark Order and that was during the midst of the transfer window so like during the five weeks he only got me like two points we just like didn't really appear so it's kind of like I kind of need to get him going and I thought with Santos Escobar just like obviously he was like unmasked and he was this new face the Cruiserweight division it seemed that he was going to be in quite a prominent role I thought like it's worth the worth a shot I'm just hoping that even though he's not on my team Brody Lee just does me a solid tonight and you know if he does beat Corey Rose maybe he finds a space in liquidation relegation still the same fantasy team next season maybe because like if Alan wins with uh, Cody and uh, who's his other pick did you guys say was wrestling this weekend uh, Ben Balor Ben Balor yeah I think even if those two win the furthest Alan can go is 7th place Oh, well, so, actually, he's got Bray. He's got Bray. He's got Bray as yeah, well. He's got Bray, yeah, I was going to say late correct because he's got Bray Wyatt as well. And yeah, so like seven or six, it's still not enough to break into the top uh, part of the the season. I don't think for Alan. No, I, I've got to hope that I can kind of fend that off. Even though it seems that like I'm trying to buy and compete for seventh place, I'll put it out there. I do not give a hoot anymore where I end up this season. It's just dead <laughs> to me, but. Uh, I think I've got also about Karrion Cross tonight, a potential Santos Escobar appearance in the pre-show with his uh, tag team. Then come SummerSlam, I can hope for an Iconics pre-show match against uh, Lud Morgan and Ruby Riot. Then I've got Mandy Rose, who's 100% beating Sonya Deville in this loser leaves the other match. Then I've got Randy Orton, who's going to beat Drew McIntyre. So I've got potential to at least keep a hold of where I am. Yeah, I think looking at it, yeah, it's probably Stephen's got this season one, but I think the 
there's still some important things to look into with regards to other people's picks because like say Karrion Cross does well or certain people do well in Dynamite or TakeOver or SummerSlam I think it doesn't affect people standing all that much in the draft because let's say they won't win I think it does point out who is valuable for next season and who isn't worth taking mm. a punt on so like if like Lorcan and Birch earn at the tag title shot or like Adel Del Fantasma earn the tag title shot then they go up in terms of consideration for tag teams next season, whether or not you believe they'll beat Imperium, because that's, that's another thing we, that helps Stephen that he doesn't risk losing any points for his tag team because Imperium aren't competing this weekend. Mm. Yeah, you're completely right, and it's it's one of those things that you need to, you need to consider going into the next season what the lay of the land is, but it's also a dangerous path to play looking at who's going to be the immediate title contender because even if Lorcan and Birch do win and someone picks them, for all we know, that title shot could come in the next NXT, they lose to Imperium, and then you never hear from Lorcan and Birch for the rest of the season, which has happened to many of us before. So it is a bit of a hit and miss to play that strategy. But I do I do get what you mean, Scott, that like watching these pay-per-views is going to be very important to see, try and guess what the road to Survivor Series is going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, the next couple of seasons, this, uh, season six, especially from Survivor, from SummerSlam to Survivor Series, after some fantasies, it's going to be a much shorter window. There's going to be no transfer window next season. So basically, it's important to look at this this weekend, look at who the most valuable people could be next season. And if you're going to make a pick, make sure you're confident you can stick with it for the season. Because unlike this season, there'll be no, like, oh, this one didn't work out, I can just change it for this person. Because mm-hmm. basically, you make a pick, you make your bed, you have to lie in it for the whole season and risk the relegation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the really, or as uh, David calls it, purgatory. Because <laughs> it is, and you know, um, it's a place where losers are going to lie. I haven't really considered my, uh, concerned myself with it, uh, to be honest with you, because I do not think there's a single chance that I will finish below Ryan Gallagher um, or whatever other sad sap ends in that in that position in the table. But you know, you've got to give other people a chance, something to compete for. You know, as we get to this stage in the season, so. It just adds another level to the excitement. It's, it's what we've said before, that next season is going to be the most must-listen-to season of the draft ever, even along with our, our opening episode when we do our, our draft selection, not finding out the order on until the actual day of the draft show. It just it adds so many elements of excitement that it is, it is what it is, the most must-listen-to season of the draft ever. You know what? We're keeping yeah. content fresh. We're going to step things up and we're going to make it big time on the main feed of Eat Sleep Suplex retweet. And I have to say, like, uh, obviously I'm coming back to the draft, but you should not rule out Sadie Grieve. She's, she was a competitor from season one. She's been here since the very beginning of the draft. And she does go for like some strange strategies, but with a roll of the dice like that, you know, you never know when that's going to come off. So she will be a dangerous wild card, I think, when it does get to draft time. No, uh, she, no, she is, as you say about Sarah, she's an example of uh, wild cards. Uh, when you go first, the pressure of the first place, because as you said, David, she went risky, she went bold that year that she had the first pick, mm-hmm. and it didn't completely go for her. So um, I think, obviously, we've actually seen it, it's actually becoming a bit of a recurring pattern that there's a lot of bold selections in the first round. Uh, mm-hmm. When you've well, no, not first round, sorry, when you've got the first pick, I and mean, we mentioned Grant had a he's had good with Drew, but some of his other bold picks didn't quite work out the same way. Uh, mm-hmm. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, a great example. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. So we got David Campbell coming back this season. We got Seda. He said two seasons to kind of sit back and observe other people. Who, if she's taking that in, we'll we'll see if she's got a a strategy going into season uh, six to maybe become the first ever female winner of the USSR fantasy draft. It'll be a lot to compete for. We got we got the ever com- competitive David Campbell coming back, and we got mm. people who will probably want to make sure Stevens' win record six stays at two seasons and not a third. And plus, obviously, everybody wanting to avoid relegation in such a, a short window season. So a lot to think about, a lot to consider when you make your picks for season six. And I, I think we've looked into this as much as we can. And we'll just say thank you to everyone who listened to this on the ASSR Extra Feed and the ASSR Main Feed. And we want to let you know that this show will be available on the Main Feed next week. Because uh, shortly after SummerSlam, myself and my co-host will be, jo- will be coming together to look at the final results of the season and think about who's going to be the most valuable pick uh, coming in, going into Season 6 after what happens, SummerSlam and TakeOver weekend are also on Dynamite. And then also on the main and extra feed, it'll be the big Season 6 selection show, the most chaotic shows we do whenever we do them, when we make our selection shows, because the entire draft team is in together. Everybody, all competitive, everybody throwing bars at each other, the tension is high because everybody wants to do their best. Everybody wants to win. That'll be available on the extra feed and the main feed, as I said. Come and listen to the greatest show that's ever been produced in ESSR history. And let's see who will try and avoid relegation. And I, for one, cannot bloody wait. And I'm sure you guys can either. (laughs) <laughs> I thought you'd ended it. Oh, like, yeah. oh, that was a, no. a good ending. <laughs> no, that wasn't the ending. Oh, I was, I was looking for feedback here, lads. Fuck's sake. Yes, we cannot. <laughs> Scott, we cannot wait either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be a, a hell of a ride. God's sake. It's, I'm leaving Aladdin. He's. Thank you to our, our co-host. Thank you to the ever thug Stephen Wilson for for joining us. Ah yes, victory was great. You know, it's, it's it's nice to brag and talk about how much you lot bugger your picks up this year. <laughs> uh, and we have we have David Camp. The goat is back, and uh, we'll see if he too can become a two-time winner next season. Two-time winner, maybe. Have a spoil people's draft plans, absolutely, and it makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I also say thank you to Jack Graham and David Hockney. Thank you. Thank you. We will see you next time as we end season five and go into season six. I'll be here. Who else will be with me? I don't know.
Podcast Network.